Hello, hello. This are we on? This is our first episode of What's in the Brown Bag. This is my guest, uh, Aaron Scarborough, uh, aka Lamb Baby Jesus, aka uh, Llama. Of Jesus. I don't think I'm a lamb anymore. Aka. Uh, <laughs> I lost that. Hope you're still human. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Aaron, here we are. Yes. PT um, food court and the PT co-op, and I can't get in the brown bag. Somehow I got Aaron to join me here. Now he's trapped in a vicious, slowly circling, feeding me these potatoes and juicy oranges and coconut water. We went over to help friends move things and ended up harvesting lavender and sorting socks for a while. <laughs> yes. With um, that one friend. Some interesting people. Yeah, Lucas and Alexa. Alexa and I forget the other. George. Josh. Richard. 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 I think it was Richard. He's a nice man. He's a nice man. <laughs> Nice man. So yeah, it's very tidy. Amazing <laughs> foundation here. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about life, Aaron. What's mm-hmm. happening in the greater northwest well, of your life? Um, you can be as veiled or as honest as you want. <laughs> you can always delete this later. I'm taking it hour by hour these days, just <laughs> trying to go with the flow. Explain how you survive this visit with me. <laughs> it's actually been quite chill. I really it's been great to get out of my little bubble at home. I haven't thrown you under the bus at all. <laughs> Not yet. Could be coming. Get to see. Do you remember your earliest memory? My life. I remember. Yes, I do. I think I was. Um, I like was looking at this bird's nest that was by the front door, and someone was holding me, like one of my siblings, and I like grabbed the egg and it broke. So I started out violent young. <laughs> That's a powerful memory. Do you, do you, what do you remember from your earliest memory? I have like two major main memories from, they're like from that time, like you're kind of saying, where it's like a really brief episode with not a lot of context of other memories to like back it up. Um, One memory was, um, walking down the street to my family's house, which is not too far away from this um, like all-around market store that was like a gas station, but there wasn't any gas. And, um, and so they had some stuff that you'd find at like a general grocery store. And I remember in my hands having like this small action figure toy set. And in my mind, I like remembered that I hadn't paid for it, so I had to like fabricate some way that it came into my possession. <laughs> so I was like, how am I gonna express to my parents like how this came about in my reality? 
And so I remember like breaking open the packaging and like pretending to find these toys on the ground. <laughs> and like, look, look what I found. And then they're like, no, nah, no fucking way. And <laughs> we had to like go back. And I remember like very vaguely that like the proprietor just like chewed me out. And I remember thinking that like, for one, it was a strange situation because I was being like fed to this specific experience of the proprietor. And the proprietor like was definitely like, it seemed like they were like leaning into an experience that they thought they were supposed to it was kind of like sitting on Santa's lap but it was like so it was like a fabricated experience where like he was playing his part but at the same time I wasn't sure what was required of me <laughs> like, yeah alright I did wrong but like so that was like that memory not so much getting chewed out but just like being like how am I gonna explain the narrative other than I stole these things that like this is now in my possession because I was like, this is super awesome, but now I need to figure out a way to explain it all. <laughs> my second memory is uh, being at Salt Creek with my family when I was around two years old. And so I think the other incident was probably around two. And my family was out there, and my dad, my mom, and my brother, my aunt, my uh, grandpa, my dad's dad, and we were watching waves on the rocks where you walk down the rock uh, stairs. They're in the side of the wall. And we were on the rocks, and me and my mom and my grandpa went up, and my dad and my aunt and my brother were still watching waves, and a rogue wave came out and went over them and swooped them into the water. And um, various people got various things. My brother chipped a tooth. My dad broke his back, and my aunt broke her spine, or her tailbone. Sorry, her tailbone. And and then we came down, and my mom was freaking out. She was like, "My baby, my baby!" <laughs> no shit. And, I remember people being like helped out of the water and I was watching the waves come in and every wave I saw to me looked like a precursor of the wave that hit them. So I'd see these waves and oh no, it's another one. And I remember just screaming, look out, here comes another one. <laughs> and then it'd be this dinky little wave. And I'm like, oh, I was wrong. Never mind guys. And then another one would come out. But here comes another one, and they're like, what do I, how do I explain these toys? It's like, we're too early. I'm just curious. He broke his back? Like, he actually broke his mm -hmm. back? Mm -hmm. I remember he had this, um, this, like, toilet seat he had to sit on. It was, like, large and cushiony. It was, like, maybe six inches cushions, so he could sit on a toilet seat without hurting himself. <coughs> and... When he wasn't using it, my mom had made us these toys that were um, frogs, that were bean bags, and we'd throw them, not into the toilet, but into the, the cushion, and it was like in the living room, <laughs> she used the cushion donut as like <laughs> a like toy. It's awesome. It's for inventive. Yep. When we first moved to PA, we didn't have anything, and so we had like a little bit of furniture and a whole bunch of toys, like action figures. And these people from church, not our church, but just church in general, were like looking in our windows and thought that we were so poor, so they like 
brought us all this ugly furniture they thought we needed. Oh, God. We're sorry that you didn't have anything. There you go. How many siblings do you have? Or how many siblings did you grow up with? Well, I technically have six half siblings. Uh-huh. And on whose and side is that? Your mom, your dad? Three on each. And well, one of them, technically seven, because I had a brother that passed before I was born. Oh, shit. But I never met him anyway, so. Was he older or younger on the line of food? He would be, he was older than me, but like, he passed before I was even born. Sure. But like, in, he was the in, oldest. In the lineup? Okay, he was the oldest? Yeah. How did he pass? He had, um, like, epilepsy or something, oh, so he actually, like, had a seizure in the bathtub. Wow. And my dad had stepped out for, like, a second. Oh, shit. And he drowned. Damn. So I think that... Like, How old was your brother? He was, like, six years old. I died. And I'm pretty sure that's been over my dad's head for, like, his whole life. Totally. So that's intense. Yeah, especially to come after the fact and not have that be really a part of it, but it still be like a giant. Yeah, it's kind of foundational weird. experience. Interesting. Yeah, I sometimes wonder if he's like with me or if he's somewhere. Huh. Totally. What was his name? Stefan. <laughs> Technically, my half brother. Okay. But same dad. Okay. How many times was your dad married? He was married twice. Mm-hmm. His first wife, and she had my three older sisters, and then my mom. Okay. Just me. So, yeah. So, your dad and your step... My stepmom. Is it your stepmom? I think so. If she came before and no, you came after, how does that work? <laughs> I call her my auntie Beverly, okay. but it's technically a stepmom. I don't know if like you have to be currently like if that step. person steps in <laughs> and they're like, I don't know how that works. But Auntie Beverly and your dad, yes. so they had four kids together, and then your dad and your mom had you. Yes, and okay. my mom had three kids before she met my dad. Oh, interesting. Yeah, my brother Tony and my two sisters. Huh. So there was six, seven, and then you. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So I'm like the only one. You're the merged child. Just, yeah, the merged <laughs> child, the youngest. Mm. The angel of glue holding everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like the black sheep. I don't know. It's okay. That's cool. As long as you can handle it. Yes. Mm. How do your siblings relate to you? Do you feel like. There's a special relation because of your pivot in the sibling lineup, or not really at all? It's just reality as it is? It's... I don't know. I feel like I try to maintain relationships with all of them as best I can. It's been kind of hard because of, like, distance and stuff. Totally. I mean, they're pretty busy, too, which I am, too. Yeah. When you meet up with them, is it like you never left, or is it like the same, slightly connected, slightly just kind of? I've been connecting more with like one of my sisters, and then I've kind of been closer with my mom's kids too because they've been closer. But 
my three sisters from my dad I also like been trying to connect with but one of them like I don't know I just have never really spent much time with her yeah. my sister Tabitha um, so I try I hear you you just you have your sister and brother right I actually have two sisters. One lives at home. Oh yeah, you have a little, little. You have a little sister, and then a slightly younger sister. Mm -hmm. So the lineup is my brother. Then there's three years. Then there's me. Then there is five years between me and her. So there's like an eight-year gap between her and my brother. And then there was when I was twelve. My last sister was born. So she's like 15 years apart from my brother, so there's like this sliding scale. So me and my brother were three years apart, and then my sister and my little sister were like five years apart. So there's like two sets of siblings, but their gap is a little more, so their dynamic is a lot different. Like me and my brother were pretty much just like joined at the hip for a while. They were more like, we used to call my older sister of the two, the second mommy because she was always taking care of things. It's cute. This is how it goes sometimes. They had this great um, Mary Poppins woman, um, Mary Ellen, who. What was I going to say about Mary Ellen? She, I guess, just like a integral part of their childhood experience. Was she a nanny or was she full on nanny? Yeah. She was. Oh wow! Lovely, crazy, wild woman. <laughs> Put up with my sisters. Katie, my older of the two, is just like super sassy. Apparently, that's what she always says. She's like, I'm super sassy. <laughs> Carol is super chill, but she's also goofy and would be goofy in her own way. Wow, your parents, what did they do for work then they could afford a nanny? I don't know how much Mary Ellen cost. She lived in the, the guest house behind our house, so it might have like been coming out of rent somehow. It might have been like a deal there. But I don't know, my mom's always been the nurse. Works a lot. That's a good job. I mean, my dad worked in construction for a long time. They both loved to work. Learned that they were kind of. I viewed them as workaholics because they were always working. Because they were always paying up school debt. Um, learned how to like feast or famine with work. Like to either work full time all the time or not. <laughs> Well, how did they meet? I don't know, ma'am. They just met. They just met. So, how did your parents meet? At work. And then my grandpa was working there, too, and he, like, set them up. <laughs> Where did they work? They worked in San Diego at, like, a, tele, like a phone company or something. And then, oh, they do the phones. Would they be calling people, or did they sell phones? No, they were... It was actually telemarketing, and they were selling... I think internet. I think they were selling the internet. Yeah, like they did a good back job. In the, <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. It worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and then my grandpa was always like super outgoing and like he apparently liked my dad so he introduced them and then he was like, oh, you should. And my mom like always listened to her parents and, <laughs> and like, to a fault, I would say, but. Was your grandpa Mormon? No, my grandpa, no, my dad is the only one that shows witness. My okay, grandpa sorry. was just, no, it's okay. Again, no. no, it's totally. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, and Mormon Jehovah's Witness is similar. No, but like Mormon has their own book. They're like their Jehovah's own Witness have like a very nice translation of the Bible. I like the New World Translation. <laughs> oh, this is. I think it's pretty, pretty darn <laughs> well done. Really? The Book of Morani, and not so much. You're scared, you know. No, I had friends who were, is it Latter-day Saints? No, is that Mormon? Oh, uh, Latter-day Saints is yeah. Mormon, Jeff. So what, what's the... Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness. Okay, so I had friends who were Jehovah's Witnesses. I always get the two confused because I forget Jehovah's Witness. I can only remember Latter-day Saints and Mormons, which are the same thing. <laughs> forget yes. that like, Jehovah's Witness isn't different than Christianity. Other it's just like added on. Like they add certain things to their uh-huh. role. And, and they're they're about like expressing outwardly the abundance in their life so that people will be attracted to the expression of life well lived. Yeah. And they really want to get their word out about the Bible and their beliefs and uh-huh. stuff. And they believe a new world is Armageddon is right around the corner. Uh-huh. Watchtower. The Watchtower is their organization. Makes all their manuscripts and literature and stuff. Uh-huh. And like, they've been saying since literally the 1930s and earlier that <laughs> Armageddon's right around the corner up to the point of they're telling people like oh you shouldn't have children uh-huh. like don't go to college just like you're like that's 70 years ago man how long do we have to wait and I'm like, well when is it happening because it's now 2020 yeah could I have a few kids by now I'm just waited so long it's like I think it's to each their own, it's just, I don't know, it's not for me, so. Still time for some rock and roll. <laughs> I think it's not even quite yet. I just, I don't know, I would be upset if I had, like, actually, I don't know, that's like a whole thing. Fair enough. Like I said, not for me, but it's for you. <laughs> I'm judging you a little bit. Not so I had some friends in, uh, I was homeschooled and I had some homeschool friends who were Jehovah's Witness. And one of them turned me on to the New World Translation and he's like, he's telling me that it's, they consider it to be a very accurate in terms of not being tempered with it. So they didn't like make things easier by glossing over details. They left all the confusing nuances and just like translated it straight so that when you read it, you can get a direct encounter with what was written rather than some versions, they're like, wow, it sounds better if we say it like this, and that can get confusing when you read it now, and like, maybe those slight strange things, like, actually had some relevance in life, and would apply when they needed to, and, but now they're kind of like, smoothed over, and so, which I found I appreciated, I really like the New World Translation, although now there's a gray version, 
because I talked to some aunties who came by. <laughs> I was visiting Shaley's house, and they came by Goodness Farm or Thistledown or whatever you want to call it, and had a great conversation with them because I didn't mind them being there. And they were all ready to give me their version or their personal copy, but then the other one was like, no, no, don't be. They said they're gonna come back. I never got it, but I was telling them how much I like that translation. They're like, "Wow, have you got the gray version?" <laughs> and I was like, "Is this like Jay Z's remix what? of the Black Album?" What's going on? <laughs> that, they've been doing new stuff lately. I d- they like have a whole new soundtrack with like actual people singing. Before it was all like it was never actual people singing. It was just like um. Instrumental type stuff, melodies, but that's interesting. The great version. I'm curious to know. We're improvising. Read between the lines. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot in the margin when you look at the great version. I don't know. They're always trying to be super international too. Like they are everywhere in every single country. Jehovah's Witnesses. Do they ever travel and visit other congregations? They do. They do like traveling ministry and they go help out with other people's um, kingdom halls and building and people's other witnesses' houses. They go build them, help with that. Like in Puerto Rico, they had stuff going on. It was super helpful if you remember. Yeah, with their members. Which, I mean, it can be cool. You can travel with them and. I've always thought about that as um, an agnostic person, that being like interested in non-ordinary parts of reality but not subscribing to any sort of human congregation is, it's isolating because it makes you kind of strange outside of like conventional reality at some level, but at the same time if you're not going to buy into a support group, then you lose out on this like strange Easter egg basket of being like believing in something spiritual and then having a whole bunch of other people who subscribe to the same beliefs so that you can travel and not really have a job entirely and like rely on these other people who all belong to the same football team spiritually. And so like I've always I think by having friends who like you were saying are able to do that or have groups where they all support each other. I was like also looking at my family's church as like we were talking about being black sheep just like not feeling super tied into church vibes I mean like but if I was I could visit all the Catholics or the Lutherans or the Presbyterians or whatever it is and always have like somewhere to be like hey what's up Jesus yes <laughs> which I can still do I kind of do that in any church here yeah. Falls the wall enough, but it takes a little bit of a different kind of personality. <laughs> if you're like, I don't actually believe your congregation, but I got Jesus in my heart, look man. <laughs> you're gonna be able to switch it up, like your attitudes for, for sure. Attitudes are pausing. It's probably good. You're actually on our podcast now. Wow. <laughs> Hello, your first caller. Do you have the medicine? Have you signed for the package? I don't think we'll be able to hear you. I'm going to pause it again. 